It's Silly Aunt Sissy time. Welcome to the Silly Aunt Sissy show. Yay! Who's your Aunt Sissy? Who's your favorite auntie? It's me. And today we're reading, we're going to sing, and we're going to read. Uh, we're going to have a couple things. Edith and Midnight. And we're going to start our new book today. Uh, the Little Prince. Everyone's favorite book. The Little Prince. And... We will sing some songs, because that's what Auntie Sissy does. Auntie Sissy sings. Auntie Sissy sings. Auntie Sissy sings. We all like to sing with Auntie Sissy. Yay! Alright, guys. Let's hit it. Alright, we got our ukulele. Hello, dreamers. Hello, midnight dreamers. Dream a little. like that song. I know Pink Bear did. We love Pink Bear. Yay! And Abigail too. They're all with me. Abigail and Pink Bear. They're all saying it's story time. Yay! So who do you have with you today? Who do you have? Do you have your little Pink pink Bear or my niece? My niche, as they say in Ireland, niche has her penguin. Penguin. As she calls it. Pengy! Yay! So tonight we're going to read about Edith and Midnight. The little girl and her horse. Shall we start? Yay! This is Edith and Midnight by Dare Wright. And with thanks to the Seelies, especially to Jean, Sidney, Frank, and Midnight. Midnight must be her horse, her real horse. So here we go. Let's go fishing, said Little Bear. The minute Mr. Bear stepped the car, stopped the car. You'll have all summer for fishing, said Mr. Bear. Now we'll unpack and go see the garden. And see how it's growing. This garden needs a lot of weeding, said Mr. Bear. I don't want a weed. I want a fish, said Little Bear. What I want this summer is a pony, announced Edith. A pony, said Mr. Bear. Ponies cost a lot of money. I have a dollar, Edith told him. Ponies cost a lot more than a dollar, said Mr. Bear. Edith went to bed that night thinking about a pony. She dreamed about a pony. She woke in the night and looked out the window. <gasps> and then she saw a pony. It was a black pony. It was running across the field in the bright moonlight. Oh, I wish you were my pony, said Edith. First thing in the morning, she rushed to tell Mr. Bear. Mr. Bear, I saw a little black pony in our field last night. Whose pony was it, Mr. Bear? Well, I heard of a little pony who runs wild here. He doesn't belong to anyone, said Mr. Bear. Then if we caught him, he belonged to us. Oh, Mr. Bear, I want a pony awful much, said Edith. It won't be this pony, Edith. He's afraid of people. He won't let anyone get near him, Mr. Bear told her. Well, just have to catch that little pony, said Little Bear, said Edith. I'd rather catch a fish, insisted Little Bear. You can't ride a fish, Edith said. 
Help me get a pony. You know what? I bet I could catch him with this rope I practice, if I practiced a bit. All right, I'll help, agreed Little Bear. Little Bear caught lots of fence posts. Roping is easy, he boasted. Fence posts don't run. Ponies do, said Edith. Well, Edith and Little Bear looked everywhere for the pony. They went up the hills and down the valleys. They saw all sorts of things, but they never saw a little black pony. Oh. They looked at the roads. No pony. They looked in the fields. No pony. They looked beside the brooks. No pony. But I bet, I bet there's a fish in there, said Little Bear. One foggy morning, they sat all discouraged on a rock. Let's give up and go fishing, said Little Bear. Oh, listen, Little Bear, whispered Edith. There was a pounding of hoofs. <gasps> Out of the fog, a black shape galloped. It's the pony, cried Edith. Oh, pony, don't go. But the pony galloped into the fog. We can't even see to follow him, said Edith, sadly. Oh, no. But, where the, what, but when the fog lifted, there was the pony. <gasps> He's awful far away. We'll have to run, said Edith. They ran fast, but the pony ran faster. We've lost him. He's all gone, said Little Bear. But look, all the hoof prints around here, said Edith. This must be a place where our pony comes a lot. You know what, said Little Bear. I bet I could rope him from that fence post if he came close enough. Well, ponies like apples, said Edith. So what, said Little Bear. Well, maybe he'd follow the trail of apples to the fence post, said Edith. I bet he would, Little Bear said. They found an apple tree. They made an apple trail. Little Bear tied one end of his rope around the fence post. That's so he won't get away after. I roped him, said Little Bear. They hid. They waited and waited and waited. Oh, he's not coming, whispered Little Bear. He is too. Look, said Edith. The pony came running straight ahead toward the apple. He saw the first apple. He ate it. He ate the next apple. Ponies loved to eat. He didn't miss a single apple. He ate his way right up to the fence post. Oh, my. The pony pulled and he struggled. Little Bear's rope held fast. Suddenly, Edith said, No, he's scared. Let him go. Let him go. I just caught him, said Little Bear. How would you like to have a horrid old rope around your neck, asked Edith. I'm letting him go. She loosened the rope. Away ran the pony. And I thought you wanted the pony, said Little Bear. Yes, but he didn't like being roped, Edith said. How else could we catch him, asked Little Bear. Well, if he liked us, we wouldn't have to catch him, said Edith. We'll come here today. We'll bring him nice things to eat. We'll make friends with him. They bought the pony apples and carrots and cookies. He ate everything and whinnied for more. I bet he even ate a fish, said Little Bear. They talked softly to the pony. Every day he came closer to them and closer. I think he's almost our pony, said Edith. Then we could ride him, maybe, said Little Bear. How will we ever get on, asked Edith. I could climb up his tail, maybe, said Little Bear. No, you won't. We'll get on him from the fence. Stand still, pony, ordered Edith. Jump, Little Bear. Little Bear jumped. Edith tumbled after. They were on the pony. Then they were on the ground. They tried every day. They tried every way. They spent more time on the ground than on the pony. Riding's not much fun, said Little Bear. We need a saddle and a bridle, said Edith. There's that old halter in our barn, said Little Bear. We could hold on to that. We could steer him by it, too. They, 
they got the halter. They put it on the pony. They shook the halter rope, and the pony started. They pulled on the rope, and the pony stopped. They rode all around the field and never fell off once. He's our pony now for sure, said Edith. Let's clean them all up and surprise Mr. Bear with them. How about naming our pony, Little Bear asked. I already have. His name is Midnight, announced Edith. Well, Edith and Little Bear brushed their pony. They combed their pony. Midnight, you look beautiful, said Edith. I still have to comb his tail, and here comes Mr. Bear. Quick, shut the door, said Little Bear. But they weren't quick enough. Uh-oh. Out popped Midnight's head. What's a pony doing in our barn, demanded Mr. Bear. He's our pony, Edith declared proudly. Nonsense, we don't have a pony, said Mr. Bear. Yes, we do. I caught him with my rope, Little Bear said. But I let him go so he'd like us, and now he's our pony. And he didn't cost even a dollar, Mr. Bear said Edith. But that's a little, but that's a little wild pony. No one can get near him. He can't be your pony. I don't believe it, said Mr. Bear. Would you believe it if he let you ride him, asked Edith. Well, here I am, and he hasn't thrown me off, said Mr. Bear. He's your pony, I believe it. And now can we go fishing, asked Little Bear. Yes, if midnight comes too, said Edith. And so they all went fishing with Edith and Mr. Bear and Little Bear and Midnight too. Yay! Well, that was a great story. Edith and the Midnight. So, so the mystery there is, if you wish for something, you can get it. If you wish on a star, you'll get what you dream of. You'll find a little pony. You'll find what you need. It will come to you like magic, so just believe. Well, on that note, on that note, let's do a little bit of The Little Prince, which is a very magical book. I think you're going to like The Little Prince. Everyone does. He's a cute little kid. Once, when I was six years old, I saw a magnificent picture in a book called True Stories from Nature about the primeval forest. Primeval forest. It was a picture of a boat constructor in the act of swallowing an animal. Here's a copy of the drawing. In the book, it said, boat constructors swallow their prey whole without chewing it after they are not able to move and they slept through the six months that they need for digestion. Wow. I pondered deeply. Then over the adventures of the jungle and after some work with a colored pencil, I succeeded in making my first drawing. My drawing number one. It looked like this. It looked like a hat. I showed my masterpiece to the grown-ups and asked them, whether the drawing frightened them. Well, to him, it looked like a bow constructor and an, who ate an elephant. To them, it looked like a hat, because they answered, Frightened? Why should we be frightened by a hat? My drawing was not a picture of a hat. It was a picture of a bow constructor digesting an elephant. But since the grown-ups were not able to understand it, I made another drawing. I drew the inside of the bow constructor so that the grown-ups could see it clearly. They always needed to have things explained. My drawing number two looked like this. It looked like an elephant inside a bow constructor. So you could see. The grown-ups' response this time was to advise me to lay outside my drawings of bow constructors, whether from the inside or the outside, and devote myself to geography, history, arithmetic, and grammar. 
That is why at the age of six, oh, I gave up might have been a magnificent career as a painter. I have been disheartened by the failure of my drawing number one and my drawing number two. Grown-ups never understand anything by themselves, and it is tiresome for children to be always and forever explaining things to them. So then I choose another profession and learn to pilot airplanes. I have flown little over all I have flown all over the world. And it is true that geography has been very useful to me. At a glance, I can distinguish China from Arizona. If one gets lost in the night, such knowledge is very valuable. Well, in the country of this life, in the course of this life, I have had a great many encounters with a great many people who have been concerned with matters of consequence. I have lived a great deal among grown-ups. I have seen them intimately close at hand intimately close at hand, and that has in it much improved my opinion of them. Whenever I met one who seemed to be at all clear-sighted, I tried the experiment of showing him any drawings, drawing number one, which I always kept. I would try to find out if there was a person of true understanding, but whenever it was he or she would always, whoever it was, he or she would always say, that is a hat. Then I would never talk to that person about boat constructors or primeval forest or stars. I would bring myself down to the level. I would talk to him about bridges and golf and politics and neckties. And the grown-up would be greatly pleased to have met such a sensible man. All right. Well, that is a little bit of our favorite book, Little Prince. And we'll read chapter two tomorrow and find out if he ever did find anyone to talk about Bowen constructors and elephants with. Or if it was a lost, sad, little sad. But let me tell you. I think he did. I think because there's always great people who will talk about magical things. You just got to find the right people in your life who will listen about magical things. Magical, magical, magical. On that note, we're going to... On that note, we will say goodnight and fare ye well. And I hope you have a great day. Eat food, be loving, and find yourself. Yay! Silly Aunt Sissy says, stay tuned for the next adventure of the Flying Prince. The Little Prince. Love you guys.